Do I run or do I engage? That is the question. Well, who do you run from? Who do you engage? Well, that is Satan. What is it for you? What does the Bible call us to do when it comes to Satan? Are we to flee him or do we engage him? Well, we're going to get into that today. And uh, so good to have you with us today. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. My name is James and I'm glad to have you with us this day. Don't know where you're at, but where I'm at and recording it. It is gray and rainy, and uh, I really, really hope uh, you have uh, better weather where you are and where you're listening to this now. But uh, it is uh, the end of October when I'm recording this, and so I wanted to uh, just touch on Satan because Halloween is, is going and uh, it's happening sooner rather than later. I am a Christmas person. Uh, I love Christmas, and uh, but I thought we'd touch on Satan today. And uh, the question is, are you supposed to flee from Satan or run? And a lot of people think that they are to run from Satan, that they are to ignore Satan altogether. But is that what the Bible tells us to do? If you're new with us, our aim is to help you have a healthier walk with Jesus. And part of that is to understand what we're to do in light of Satan. A couple years ago, I came across a survey, if you would, and I'm not huge on surveys. Uh, I've never really done been part of a survey, so I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but they give us something to think about, give us something to chew on. And I came across a survey, and I'll be honest, it came out in 2009, so it, it is dated. But once again, it just gives us a little bit of information, a starting point, if you would. And the Barna Group uh, did a study, and in their study, uh, they asked born-again Christians, people who said they came to faith in Christ, believed in Jesus as Lord, God, Savior, and King, uh, and they asked them about a range of different topics, and one of the topics was Satan. And here's what they found in their study, and listen to this. This is quite surprising to me. It said, 40% of Christians strongly agree that Satan is not a living being, but a symbol of evil. Get that. Almost half said that Satan is not real, but that he's only a symbol of evil. What do you think? Do you think that Satan is real or do you think Satan is just a symbol of evil? Because that number in that study is actually even a little bit higher than 40% because in that same study, there were some that did not really know one way or the other. So that bumps that number up a little bit more than 40% of some people either going, Satan is only a symbol of evil or I really don't know. Well, Satan is real. The Bible tells us that Satan is real, and we can't ignore him. A couple of years ago, actually about now, it's probably at least a decade, I had uh, something on my back that was causing me a lot of pain, a lot of pain. I had a lump on my back, and it was pulling all the muscles in and around my shoulder blade to that area, and it was very painful. And so I did what most men do and ignored it. And I ignored it for about three, four years. And I know a lump on your body that's causing you pain. Uh, you should probably go to the doctors. Well, most men don't go to the doctors. And I am one of most men. And so I uh, finally went to the doctors and like, yeah, we have to have that out. We have to have the, you have to have surgery. And so they took it out of my back. They tested it for cancer. And thankfully, you know, nothing was there. But 
I was ignoring it, even though it was impacting my daily life. And you know what? We do the same thing with Satan. We ignore Satan, even though he is there trying to attack us. Friends, you have to realize that the devil is real, that the devil is a created being. The devil, or Lucifer, the host, uh, and has a host of other names in Scripture, was an angel that God created. And, and as Ezekiel tells us, he is a beautiful angel, a high-ranking angel, uh, to use that picture. Perhaps, as some think, the number one angel, maybe to use the language, God's right-hand man, if you would. But as Isaiah tells us, pride took over, and uh, Lucifer wanted the throne of God. He wanted to be God. And because of that pride, God threw him out of heaven. And since then, there's been a battle between Satan and the Lord. So Satan is real. He does exist. We find them throughout Scripture by action, by name. And Jesus even tells us in the Gospels that Jesus goes, I saw him fall from heaven like lightning. So you really need to get this. Satan is real. And the reason you need to get this is because we can't be ignoring him. And the reason you can't ignore Satan in your life is this. He's very powerful. He is very powerful. He's not as powerful as God. God created him, so he's not at the same level as God. But he is more powerful than you and I. Not only is Satan powerful, but he's very smart. Satan likes to play a game that I think some kids and teenagers like to play. It's called, I'm the I'm dumb game. And what I mean by that is Satan portrays himself as being dumb and so that you do not get an understanding of just how smart that he is. But he is smart. He's very smart. He doesn't know everything. He's not like God, but he does know a lot. He knows what has happened. He knows a little bit of how things are going. Uh, he does know how to, uh, I'll use this phrase, uh, work the system to guide and direct and, and influence people. He does that every single day. He's influencing people daily towards sin. And here's the thing, Satan is not alone. He has a team with him. And we read in Revelation chapter 12 that a third of the angels fell, that a third of the angels went with or sided with Satan. And so they follow his leadership. And so Satan is there. He's powerful. He's smart. He's not alone. He influences people. He attacks people. But here's the question. What are we supposed to do? Since Satan is real and that he is attacking us, the question then becomes, well, what do we do in light of that? Do we engage him or do we ignore him? And that's a great question. That really is a great question. And here's why we need to get this answer. Because Satan is, or he is going to attack you. We, we get this all the time. Scripture tells us, and it, it comes to us by the names of Satan that we have in Scripture. A lot of times Satan is going to do this. He's going to slander you. He's going to lie about you. He's going to lie to you. Jesus even tells us that uh, Satan is the father of lies, that he is the originator of lies, that Satan is our accuser, that he accuses you uh, to God. He accuses other people to you. Uh, God is, he, he accuses God of holding back on you like he did with Eve. Uh, he goes, if God really loved you, you know, these things wouldn't be happening in your life. And so he accuses God, but he also accuses you and I before God. Did you realize that? 
Satan has access to heaven, as we see in the book of Job, and Satan goes before God, telling him what you and I have done. And then he accuses us, not just to God, but he accuses us to ourselves. And what I mean by that is this. Have you ever had these thoughts, these emotions, these words in your head of, man, I'm just no good. God doesn't love me. I don't think God wants anything to do with me. How could I have done that? God's just done with me. That's Satan accusing you to yourself. Those are the things that Satan does in our lives. That's how he attacks us. Satan is out to destroy you and I. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, what he tells us in verses 8 and 9 is he says this. He goes, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Peter tells us that our enemy, the devil, is there. And that he is looking for someone to devour. He's looking for a lie, a victim, like a lion does. And that gives us a picture of actually gulping down a victim. That is what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to destroy you and I. He's trying to gulp us down like a lion would do with a piece of meat. Is that what's going on in your life right now? Do you think if you were to look at everything going on in your life from your inner being with your thoughts and your emotions to maybe how things are happening, taking place in your marriage or your kids or with work or financials that maybe Satan, maybe one of his henchmen, if you would, are trying to attack you, to slander you, to accuse you, to destroy you, to bring you down because that's what Satan does. That's what he works to. And so since Satan is real, and he's out to get you and I, what are we to do? Well, a lot of people will tell you to ignore Satan, to flee from Satan. I'm going to tell you to do the opposite. I'm going to tell you to engage Satan, that you are to attack Satan. And what I mean by that, and I know it sounds wrong, and you think I should be saying we should flee from the devil. Well, stay with me. You see, you and I, we are to attack, we are to engage, we are to fight the enemy. But the first thing we have to do in our engagement engagement is see if Satan is our enemy. And what I mean by that is this. If you're a Christian, Satan is your enemy. He is going to be your enemy. If you're not a Christian, Satan is not really going to be much of an enemy to you because he doesn't have to worry about you. You are not following Jesus. But if you're following Jesus, Satan is your enemy. Not your neighbor, not the culture, not the government, not your spouse. Satan is your true enemy. And so our first step in engaging the enemy is knowing who it is. And the enemy is Satan. But then Peter, in the verses I just read to you, 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 8 and 9, he actually gives us four things that we can do, that we must do to engage the enemy. And number one is self-control. That you and I, how we attack Satan, is we are to be self-controlled. And that phrase, self-controlled, it means to be of sober mind. It means to think clearly. Peter uses this word earlier on in his letter, and it, ha- it has to do with having our priorities in right order. It means to be calm and collected, well-balanced, a steady mind, to tie up loose ends, don't get carried away. It's having your mind right. 
when it comes to the things of Christ. And that's what it means to be self-controlled, that we can't let our minds get off track and then we could think we can fight or that we can engage because we're going to go off the cliff because our mind is not right, our thoughts are not right. And as I think about this, I think when Peter is writing this in First Peter, I think he's thinking about back earlier in his life because I think Peter struggled with this the night Jesus was arrested. Let me remind you of this, what took place that evening. Jesus had told him, Peter, that Satan wanted to sift him. He goes, Peter, Satan wants to sift you, but I, I've prayed for you. Peter, Satan wants to attack you, but I have prayed for you. And not only that, Jesus has just called Peter Satan when he said, Peter, you know, Satan, get behind me. And with all the emotions of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, Judas leaving, Jesus talking about the new covenant, covenant about his death, I don't think Peter was self-controlled within his being. And then what happened is this. Satan attacked Peter. The guards came for Jesus, and what did Peter do? He cut a man's ear off. And then Peter denies Jesus three times. You see, those are all times of Peter losing the battle to Satan. You know, you and I need to engage Satan with a mind that is self-controlled, that is sober, that is well-balanced on the things of Christ and what is going on in our lives. When you look at your mind, your inner being, are you balanced? Are you self-controlled? Because Satan is looking for you to be unbalanced. And when you're unbalanced, he's going to attack. And so you engage Satan and you fight and battle against Satan with a mind that is self-controlled, that is well-balanced with the things of Christ. But Peter also tells us in these verses that you and I, we need to be alert, that we need to be watchful. When you drive your car, what do you have to do? You have to be alert, right? I've fallen asleep at the wheel more times than I would like to admit. Uh, I've almost uh, hit a mountain once or twice because I fell asleep driving. Uh, and it is not fun. Hopefully, you never go through anything along those lines. But when we drive, you need to be alert. Why is that? Well, uh, if you're like me, nobody around you ever uses a blinker. So you need to be alert. I was driving just two nights ago and I was at a stop sign and somebody was coming down the road with their blinker on. I'm going, oh, they're going to turn at the intersection. And they didn't. They drove right through the intersection and turned at the place that was past the intersection. And I'm going, I'm so glad that I didn't pull out thinking that they were going to turn because they weren't. We have to be alert. And to be alert means to have eyes everywhere. Peter tells us that in our engagement with Satan, you and I need to be alert, that we need to be watchful. And that word alert or watchful that Peter uses, it was used in his day of crossing over a river while stepping on slippery stones. You see, to engage your enemy, you need to be watchful, meaning this, you need to know when you are the weakest and more open to attack. For a lot of people, uh, they are more open to attack or they are weakest when they're tired. When it's late at night, when they're just tired, maybe it might be a physical tired, maybe it's an emotional tired, maybe it's a mental tired, and say it goes, oh, they're, they're tired, I'm going to attack. And we need to be watchful for those moments so that we can protect ourselves, that we can guard our hearts, if you would, in those situations. You need to be watchful and alert about your own life when you're the weakest and what you struggle with the most. So what sin and temptation do you struggle with the most? Do you even know that? Do you know what 
times of day you may struggle with sin and temptation the most? Do you know uh, what causes you to be weak or tired spiritually, emotionally, mentally that leaves an open door for Satan? What about your family? How is your family weak before the Lord? Do you as a family ever have weak areas where Satan can come in and attack? And we have to be mindful of that. We have to be alert. We have to be watchful of that so that we could protect ourselves, we could protect our spouse, we could protect our families, or maybe even our churches. So how might Satan be attacking you? See, if you ignore Satan, then you're not going to be watchful and you're going to lose out. But we not only need to be alert and sober-minded or self-controlled, but we resist Satan by standing firm, as Peter tells us in verse 9 there. And please, I want you to get this. The Bible tells us to flee from types of sin. But do you know I've never been able to find where the Bible tells you and I to run and flee from Satan? It tells us to flee from sin. But I cannot. And if you know the Bible verse where it tells us to flee from Satan, to ignore Satan, please let me know. You can reach me at guardingthewell at gmail.com. I would love to see that verse. I've read the Bible through many times, and maybe I've just overlooked it, and I can't find it. I can't find where the Bible tells us to run and flee from Satan. But the Bible does tell us to resist Satan, and Satan will flee from us. The Bible doesn't tell us to run from him or to ignore him. It actually tells us to engage him, to resist him. That word resist that Peter uses is made up of two Greek words. It means to stand and against. And so it literally means stand against Satan. So here's my question. If you're running from Satan, if you're ignoring Satan, how can you be standing against him? Because if you're running away from Satan... There's no way you're standing against him. You're doing the exact opposite. You and I need to stop ignoring Satan and his attacks against us and our families, and we need to resist him. We need to stand against him. We need to engage him. And I think we've lost this. I think the church has lost this to some degree, that we will ignore and flee from Satan because we don't want to get involved. Well, guess what? In Christ, you're already involved. You and I, we we need to resist him. We need to stop laying down and giving up. We need to stop thinking and saying, well, you know what? I don't think Satan's going to attack me. He is. You need to stop allowing Satan to pull you away from Jesus. Parents, you need to stop sitting back and allowing Satan in this world to pull your kids from Christ. Resist him. Stand against him. And please don't think that Satan is not going to attack you because he is going to. Because you're in Christ. You need to engage Satan with the word of God, just like uh, Jesus did. That is your sword, my sword. That is our weapon against him. We need to resist Satan with the truth of Scripture. But there's one other way that you and I can resist Satan to engage him, and that that is community. Peter reminds the readers there in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, that they're not alone in this, that others are being attacked by Satan just like them. It's community. You know we engage Satan and resist Satan when we're in community? You know what a lion does when there's a herd of animals? It isolates one of the animals. It pulls it from the herd and then it attacks. You know what Satan does with Christians? And he does an amazing job at this as well. Satan pulls Christians from community, from the body of Christ. 
Do you know that most Christians will not be on church on a Sunday in America? Do you know that you know how hard it is to get Christians to come be in community with other believers nowadays? At church, at home, at a coffee shop, wherever it might be. Because we don't see the value or important uh, in Sunday morning church or meeting with somebody for prayer, wherever it may be. It could be your living room. It could be a pizza shop. I'm not saying it has to take place inside of a church building, but there needs to be community within the body of Christ. Because when we are in community, it strengthens us to withstand the attacks of Satan, and it helps us to engage in him and overcome him. It helps us to resist Satan. Being in community helps us to resist Satan. And the scriptures tells us when we resist Satan, he'll flee from us. So how well are you resisting Satan? Are you ignoring him or are you engaging him? Are you running from him or are you battling against him through a sober mind, through community, through alertness? How are you doing it? Really appreciate you listening today, and I pray that it has been beneficial, giving you something to think about. And uh, if you'd love to connect with us, uh, please do so at guardingthewell at gmail.com. And we'd love, really love, if you could uh, help us out here by liking this episode, by sharing it with somebody else, leaving a comment or a review. That really, really helps us. And so hopefully you could do that for it. If, it, if it's been a blessing to you, if you don't mind hitting that like button, I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will see you next week. And uh, you take care.